Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Maths Lessons. I'm Cy Beckwith. I'm Omar Abid. No Kelly Rickard this week. No. Because it's our daughter's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Insensitive and thoughtless from my daughter there because she has hindered her mother from interviewing the one and only PCB. Hey, PCB, PCB, PCB. Oh. We've bloody met him, Omar. We've bloody met him. I know. Virtually <laughs> online via Zoom. So we've just recorded the episode. So we're recording the intro now. After speaking to him, so we're very giddy, very excited. And what we've done is we've tried to, uh, well, he offered to come on, and then we tried to just give as much context to the show, get as much information out as we could about the show, um, and try not to get too starstruck, because what a man. <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant, though, wasn't he? he? He gave us loads of information, loads of stuff about the, the individual participants, how the, pro- how, uh, the process uh, of selecting them goes ahead, how they film it, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, as journalists, we're brilliant for what we get out of this. I'm calling with journalists now, that's the thing that's happening. <laughs> so what we've done is we've brought him on, he's come, he's spoke about the show, he's answered loads of questions that have popped up for us generally in conversation that we've seen pop up on Twitter a lot. And I think there's a spotlight behind the show. It's unbelievable. Like It's a proper, proper good, interesting, fascinating chat. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for you to hear it. And we're going to hear it right, wait, wait, now. Hello and welcome to a special maths lessons. I'm Cy Beckwith. I'm Omar Abid. And today we're joined by the one and only PCB, Paul Carrick Brunson. Hello, Paul. What's up? Can I say this? I love... 
that you call me PCV. It, it makes me feel more <laughs> official. <laughs> it makes me sound like an expert. So thank you for calling me PCV. I appreciate I'm it. So happy that's caught on, and I'm so happy you're receptive to it because you'll always be PCV to us now. <laughs> we got to get T-shirts. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> oh, you know what? Can I say this about T-shirts? I saw someone have a T-shirt with "Respect the Forum" on it already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm appalled that wasn't us. That's the T-shirt we should have been wearing today. <laughs> Man, next time you got to be on this, guys, on this. <laughs> so we're going to respect the forum right here, right now, because Omar's got the first question of the day. Omar, what was your question for Paul to kick things off? Well, I think with Married at First Sight, one of the things people are interested in as much as anything else is how the programme is put together. Uh, and one issue has been the change in format from the previous British version to taking on the Australian version. And people who knew viewers might not know that you were actually a counsellor and expert on the previous series. So since you've been there for the transition, how would you characterise the change? And what are the reasons for the, for the change in format? Man, thank you so much for asking this one. Because, and what I love is we're on a podcast, so we can really break all of this down. To your point, Omar, a lot of people don't even realize I was on a previous version. Mm -hmm. A matter of fact, I've done some national press in the UK where they've said, and we have Mel Schilling returning from Married at First Sight UK and the new co-host, Paul Karen Press. And I was like, no, I've been on this, bro. I've been on this, you know what I mean? Give me some, show me some respect. I've been on this thing. So... Uh, so, so yes, there has been a, a change and we came from a different place. Let me tell you why. You, you, you could probably already guess why. It's all about the numbers, right? So Married at First Sight UK, historically, uh, before this, so we're on series six. There were five series before. The five series before, they did very poorly in terms of the match percentage, or should I say series one through four? So when I was brought in series five, as well as Dr. Angela Smith, uh, Genevieve Grissett, who are long-term friends of mine, we were given one directive, only one. That was improve the success rate of the matches. And so we said, give us full ownership of the matching process. The network of the production company did. And as a result, we got a 75% success rate from series five. It was the largest success rate in the history of Married at First Sight. But here was the problem. The show was shooting right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we went from eight episodes to four. We went from the four couples. They had to chop the four to only, they filmed four, but could only show two. The viewership suffered as a result of that because that was the very beginning. No one knew what the hell was happening. But then what happened several months later, there was no new programming. And so Channel 4 licensed the Australian version of Married at First Sight. It hit right when it was, it was the fall. It was the well, autumn. I'm sorry, we call it the fall of the year in the U.S. But, but it was autumn. Everyone was home. Everyone realized they would have to be home. They were seeking more entertainment because they had binge watched everything else. And the Australian version took off like a rocket ship some of the highest ratings on channel four and E4. And so if you're an executive and you look at that, you have to, you have to pivot. 
And that's exactly why I think why the pivot was made. That pivot's so important as well, because it's capitalised on what the Australian version did and captured the imagination. And I think it says a lot about this British version, why it's done well, and it's still so impressive, is that we aren't in lockdown anymore. People are going out and have got social lives, but my night is still staying and watching. I would rather stay in and watch maths than go out now because I've come back late from gigs and I've missed everything. Twitter's lighting up, Instagram's lighting up, and I feel like I've missed out if I've not watched it live at nine. So that's been really exciting. Do you think the pivot for you has made it a different show? Is it more exciting for you? Is there even more that's got you captivated with this one? You know, so uh, literally two minutes before we started filming this, right, recording this, uh, a celebrity here in the UK, uh, uh, you know, I would consider someone who's a brand name. Everyone knows this celebrity. I'm not going to name them, but they sent me a message and this is what they, they, they wrote. They said, uh, so Paul, at first I wasn't convinced on the new format. I missed the true love of Owen and Michelle. And I thought that people were trying to get famous, etc. But I've just watched this final week with the commitment ceremony and OMG, I'm obsessed and actually, if I didn't have a boyfriend, I'd be asking Bob out. I love Luke Goodmorag. <laughs> I love Taylor. And I'm so annoyed there are only four episodes a week. That encapsulates exactly how I felt. I wanted the old format. A matter of fact, I didn't even watch. Uh, I didn't even watch Australia. So I have no idea what happened on Australia. I, I don't. I don't know. I wanted the old, but that embodies how I feel now. I, I'm, I'm hooked and I was on the show and I'm hooked. Paul, much as we love you, I do feel it's our obligation to ask you some harder questions as well. I think, yeah, I think you're up for it. Man, give me the hardest shit that you have, <laughs> the hardest. No, no, real talk. That, that's, yeah. what, that's actually why I'm on here because I knew that you'd hit me with something hard. I would say one of the, to play devil's advocate, one of the criticisms would be that although the format has changed, it has opened it up to a pool of participants who are, some people would say, just dating reality regulars, people who've been on uh, Take Me Out, people who've been on Your Face or Mine, you know, Nikita's been on other things, uh, Ant's been on other things. And there are people looking at social media who would say, well, these are just people who are, who are looking for fame. It's not about the integrity of the process. Great question. Here's my response to that. First, I get it. I get it, right? It looks a little wild when you see somebody who's been on 15 shows, you know what I mean? Come on, <laughs> come on the 16th show. But then let me ask a, a real question. Does that negate the fact, let's say they were on 30 shows. Does that mean that they don't want real love, right? Who, is, is there anyone on this planet that doesn't want to be loved and doesn't want to love? Is there anyone? Right, because if if you could name that person, let me know. Right, let, <laughs> let me know. We 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 all we all want love, and quite honestly, we all want an ego stroke. Right? Who who like you know? I'm gonna tell you what. I'm I I always say I don't do the show primarily for a platform, but if I get a platform from the show and someone throws me a you know six-figure deal to do an influencer work? Am I turning that down? No, I'm gonna take that, you know what I mean? And, and, but does that mean that I also don't want real friendship and, 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 like, and, and platonic love? No, I want that on the show. So I don't, think that, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I get it, I understand what folks are saying, but I don't think that 
having previously done reality TV means that you don't necessarily want love. Does that mean then, so the people that are on this, because there will be probably a couple of them who did want to be famous, even if that's a byproduct of being on this show or fame would be applicable. But do you think that drops really quickly? Like as much as you can come in wanting to be famous, once you've put in this situation, you instantly just, you, it's about love and it's about the relationship because you can only try and play a character or a version of yourself so much before the real you comes out. And then it is about love. It is about the relationship that you're in. Yeah. Well, first is the only point. So I agree, but the only point I would uh, slightly disagree with, right? And this is my favorite. I always say, what I hear you saying is, and then I try <laughs> to re- reframe it, right? <laughs> so sorry, what I hear you saying, but what I hear you say is, uh, is that the two are not, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think that you can come in saying, sure, I understand there's going to be a, a, a platform that comes from this. There's going to be an audience, but I also want love. Mm-hmm. I think you come in the gate like that. Now, I think that your second point to me hits me and I think it's absolutely spot on. And that is when you come in, you only meet their representative. Let's let I mean let's let's keep it real and, and and this is not me going in on the on the cast. This is me talking about this is everyone. Is that when you first meet ev- everyone, right? Like even Sai Omar, we're meeting for the first time. I'm meeting the representative of Sai and Omar right now. You know what I mean? If we got a chance to really know each other over a couple of weeks, couple of drinks, whatever it may be, very stressful situations, and I and then I'm going to see the real you. Just like the same with me. You know, you're, you're meeting the representative. My wife is, you're probably like, all right, man, Paul, Paul's okay. My wife is over here saying, no, Paul's trifling, right? <laughs> he left his, his underwear all over, like he leaves the toilet seat up, like he's trifling. So I think that we meet their representative, but what this experiment, because it really is an experiment, what it does is it's a pressure cooker and it forces the real you to come out quick, real quick. And I think we've already seen it, you know, from the dinner parties and the commitment ceremony. Well, that seems like a good point to uh, start talking about more specific incidents on the on the programme. So who then who do you think felt that pressure the most, the, the change from the, how they their perception of the process to the actual process itself. Oh, oh man, everyone. It's because, because here's the thing, it's all relative. So let me give you an example is if you take say Maralise, who is relative to the rest of the cast, probably the most reserved, right? She, 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 she's not the most vocal out of everyone in the cast. You say, okay, does, does this really impact her? Oh, hell yeah, it impacts her, right? But she's going to respond differently to what is happening versus let's look at Morag, right? My little sis, Morag is very vocal. So the moment that she thinks something, she's not going to hold it back. She's just going to blurt it out, right? And so you can look at that and say, oh, wow, this process is making Morag, you know, react bold, you know, differently. No, no, everyone is feeling it to the point where even us, uh, Mel, Charlene, myself, we were feeling it. We were feeling it in these commitment ceremonies. They, they were mentally and emotionally draining. I would get home. By the way, even some back some backstory is 
it would take almost eight hours to film a commitment ceremony. Wow. So, so think, you saw, how, how much do you see? 15, 20 minutes of the commitment ceremony? Yeah, about that. That was, eight, that was eight hours. That was eight hours of us sitting there engaging emotionally back and forth, right? And so you saw the highlight reel of that. It's tough. So, so we all reacted to it. So that eight hours, because that's something that come up a lot with the Australian one, is it's, and I think that's tabloid media trying to diminish what a show is and to say, oh, it's the same thing filmed again and again. Is that eight hours of relationship advice and eight hours of working with the couples, or is it eight hours, some of which is just it being a TV show? Like how much of that eight hours is filming, or is it just eight hours of you and the other experts really going in on these relationships, really providing that support? It is eight hours of us going in, providing that support. And, wow. and this is something that really needs to be stated is that when the couples come in for the commitment ceremony, right? It is not us trying to pick holes for entertainment. That's not, that's our, our job is, and I always, and it, it, you know, let me speak for myself. My job is not to think about the one-liners that are going to make the edit that are then going to go viral. Like I didn't go home and think, all right, I'm gonna make sure I say respect the forum and like at the <laughs> right point. So that could then land on a t-shirt. Like that's, that's not what I do. I go in there thinking to myself, what can I do to help these couples to become better versions of themselves? And then whatever makes the, the cut makes the cut, right? To the point where, um, you know, one thing I want to throw out too, and I don't know if, if, if this was going to come up, but I've heard this brought up before. So I want to make sure that we're hitting, we're addressing everything is we wear uh, what we're called IFB, earpieces. And some people say, oh my God, so let me get this right. So you're wearing earpieces. So you're just being, you're scripted. You're, you're being told what, what to say. No, that's not what the earpieces are for. You, do, do you know what the, the number one thing that comes over our earpiece? You, you, what would you guess the number one thing that the producer who's in some back room is telling us on the earpieces? You know what it is? I you, couldn't even guess. I'd have no idea. You need to, you need to move. You're not in shot properly or something? Ah, uh, that's the second thing. Close. The first thing is, Paul, stop talking. Let, let <laughs> Ellen Charlie say something. That's the first thing. Paul, slide to, or move back. You're in someone's shot mm. or slide to the left so you can be in the camera. It's about blocking, right? Which is, yeah. you know, the entertainment space is about blocking. It's about movement. They let us do our thing. They respect what we do and they just let us do our thing. So, but I can see if someone's watching and you see, oh my God, someone has an earpiece, for, you know? So I get it, but that's what it's for. Can I ask then, that's obviously a very intense eight hours. And is it hard for you to keep a professional sort of um, distance from what you're doing? For example, basically, how, how bad did you feel for Bob? Like, All right. So these are the things that don't make the cut. So, for example, there's like when Alexis got up off the couch, she ran off. I actually ran after her and I ran outside and I talked to her. When Megan left, this, is, this was not caught. Megan left, I ran outside and talked to Megan. And e even when I was outside talking to her, 
she wasn't even sure if she was going to come back at all. She was literally thinking, I'm just going to jump in the car and that is it, I'm done, right? I, talked, I said, no, you have to come back, right? This is exactly what I tell my kids. I'm like, look, it's not about when you screw up, it's not about the screw up, it's not about the mess up. It's about how do you now respond to the mess up? What do you do, right? So all of this stuff is happening, but you're getting the, the highlight. So back to Bob, man, let me tell you, this, this, is, this, is, this is exactly what I was thinking. When Bob stood up and he said, Jordan, let me talk to you. And he stood up, immediately I looked for security in the, in, in the, in the room. And then I saw that we have three security guards. The security guards were at such a distance that I realized I had to be the buffer between Bob and Jordan because I thought they were going to blows. I was like, they're definitely going to fight out here. They're like, if this was in New York, where I'm from, Queens, we would have been fighting already. So I looked at them and I said, okay, Bob is a big boy. Like he's big Bob for real. Like he's a big dude. So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, when he goes after Jordan, I'm just going to run and try to grab Jordan and pull him out the way. So that's what I was thinking. I was literally just plotting <laughs> how to de-escalate this fight that was about to happen. Um, but I, 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 felt, I, felt, I felt for him. But at the same time, I will say, Bob is one of the most incredible human beings I have ever met, real talk. And even though this is a, he feels like crap is being, well, I can't say he feels, I'm projecting, I'm assuming that he feels you know, terrible through this process, he potentially could get the most upside from this. So you look at a moment that could, could have been considered one of the most embarrassing moments, right, of this guy's life, it's actually going to benefit him. He's going to become better. He's absolutely loved. He, I think he's, he's probably one of the most followed cast members right now. Uh, he, I, I talked to him yesterday. He told me that he has so many inbox messages. He can't even, he can't even hold them back. Like literally women are proposing marriage <laughs> to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob is going to win. He's going to win. Um, I just wanted to circle back to Alexis because I know on the honeymoons episode, I saw on Twitter, you were, uh, you were particularly, uh, outraged about that episode you didn't uh, specify was it because of the the edit of Alexis and Jordan was that what particularly annoyed you yeah so so on that one I talked to I, I had a conversation with the production company had a conversation with the network on that so I'm, I'm gonna keep that between us okay. uh, but I am I am very I mean I think you guys could, could I'm very passionate about this project I I am uh, I realized that, well, one is I didn't realize how invested people would be on it, but because everyone has an opinion, most of them are very favorable, but some of them are on the, on the very negative side. I feel like, like, like a, a, a pop, you know, I'm protecting my, my baby. And so, uh, but I'm protecting my baby from everyone. So, you know, for example, my wife and I, we have two boys. Uh, if someone from the public has something to say about my boys, oh yeah, we're going to talk, right? Mm. 
But my wife and I don't always agree on how to parent. So therefore, we'll also talk, but our talks are private. Yeah. Right. So that's ex- that's exactly what what would happen there. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's exactly what happened there. So, Paul, I'd like to circle back to that moment with Alexis, uh, because we spoke about it yesterday on our podcast that when Jordan was being quite passive aggressive and saying that she's uh, potentially threatening and violent, it puts her in a bit of a catch 22, because if she gets up and storms out, which she did, it sort of proves his point about her being explosive. But then if she sits there and doesn't say anything, then she can't get her side of the story across. So how, how do you get out of that? Yeah. All right. So, so this is a great question. If, uh, oh, well, you have such great questions. I know about size questions. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. All, all, these, all these questions are good. Um, no, but so if you only saw Alexis and Jordan at that one moment, you would say to yourself, oh my God, how do you get out of this? You, you don't. But the beauty of the show and the format of the show is that you just watched six other episodes that has Alexis in it. So she's built a history with you. And that actually is why this show is 21 episodes, 21 episodes, because you can't watch it encapsulated in one moment. You need the history of it. And so because you know the history of it, you know how incredibly you know, special Alexis is. So you think, all right, she just, you know, she, she, she's trying to be boxed in, but you can't box her in. You cannot, cannot. So that's one of the things that will come to, which has been great for us, is how interactive you are on Twitter, Paul, and the context. I think the reason that this being so many episodes helps compared with other dating shows as well, is you get more context for those actions. So that, to the last point you've made, is we get a lot more context. So if, say, Megan is doing stuff behind Bob's back, you've got more of an idea of why Megan might do that. And then also... With for people who don't follow you on Twitter, you've been providing so much context as well. Do you think that's an important part of your role in this show in general is to provide as much context as possible of what these relationships are and who these are as people? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Sab. Because what I noticed on Twitter was that there were, there, you know, there are some viewers who don't want to go beneath what they see. And I get it. They're watching for entertainment. I get that. That's, that's cool. But then there's a whole nother group of viewers. And this, is, this population is growing. It's probably the same person who's listening to this podcast, right? Who they want to go beneath what is happening. They want to get deeper, right? And, I, and, and that's the viewer I love the most. And so I'm trying to respect that viewer to say, okay, you're taking this to the next level. Let me go with you. And let me give you more backdrop. So, um, but I, I'll also say this. A lot of this stuff that I'm watching, I've never seen. Like, the, <laughs> oh my God, man, the whole Megan and Jordan, talk, like the, all that, I had no idea that was going on. <laughs> I, had, I was watching with my wife like, oh my God, I can't believe this, this is crazy, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I, I don't know at all, but what I do, I want to share. That would be a good question that I think's come up a lot on Twitter and I'm really intrigued by. Where are we in the actual process? So in terms of what we're watching, how far behind are we of where you're at with the couples now? Is the show finished? Are you still ongoing? Where is the process in real life versus what we're seeing on screen? Wow. This is, so we are, I would say we are behind in terms of weeks by 
maybe seven to 10 weeks behind. Right. So what, so, so, so what that really translates to is we, we've already, like the show is, is, is shot in entirety. And that's the reason why I always smile when people are like, <laughs> nobody's going to work. This is what I'm like, do you know that I already know what happened? You know what I, mean? I already know what happened. So how are you going to come at me? Because I already know, you know what I mean? So, 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 so yeah, so, so that's, that's how, that's, that's, that's how far we, we are. Can I ask a very simple backstage question? Uh, not about the psychology or the morality or anything like that, just about the drama. <laughs> what did Nikita do? Oh, man. You know, that's something that I cannot, I personally, like, I legally, you know, can't, can't, can't go into. <laughs> that's not even like, I really want to go into it. Um, I will, let me say this about Nikita. I love Nikita. I feel like it's my obligation to try to protect Nikita because what, you know, so let's look at the moment where, you know, I had to dismiss her, which was very hard to do, very hard to, to, to do this. Because also, let me even go into just, just a quick, to give, I, I want you to give you guys a full context, you know what I mean? <laughs> I started working on this um, on this project three months before we shot the first piece of footage. And what I do in, in the matchmaking is I interview friends and family and the candidates. So I interviewed Nikita's father, right? Had a great conversation with him. I interviewed friends of Nikita. I interviewed Nikita. So it's one of these where I really get, I get to know the person and I, then I become emotionally invested and connected in them. And I view them as my little brothers, my little sisters. And so it's, it's almost like I defend the show, I defend the, the, the cast. So now with Nikita, the one characteristic of Nikita that is, I think perhaps most underappreciated is that she is extremely loyal to the point of her detriment. She's extremely loyal to anyone that, well, I'm sorry. She's extremely loyal, period, to her detriment. When she was, uh, when, you know, unfortunately, when we had to release her from the show, she was truly in an act of, I am defending someone. It was not, and, and this is my observation, I could be off on this, right? My wife tells me I'm, I'm off a lot, right? So I could be off, is I truly believe that was not Nikita saying, I wanna make this the Nikita show, right? Which we know she, she, she gets out there. She was truly in, her, in the heart, heart of hearts, she was trying to defend someone. And then what she realized was she was alone. She was out on an island alone. She felt back in a corner. And that's why she erupted the way that she did because she was trying to defend and she was backed in a corner. I'm not saying what she did was right. I don't condone it, but that's the reason why. 
that obligation that you talked about, because that all makes perfect sense, but it's your use of the word obligation is why I prefer this show and why other shows I've found harder to watch. Because someone like Nikita, like we've, well, I have gone in hard on Frankie as a person, but I've thought about what you say about people like Nikita, because she's a young woman in her early 20s. Like when you look back at what we were like in our early 20s, I was a dickhead. And if I was being filmed, I'd feel embarrassed. So laying into someone like Nikita, often what would happen, and you can see it on Twitter, we've seen things come up on our Twitter where I felt embarrassed on behalf of the person saying it, that like it's a young woman in her 20s. She might be behaving awfully, yeah. but we've got to think about the impact that will have. And other shows have had a horribly detrimental effect. Do you feel that obligation during the show and after, like you've said it there, so you clearly do, is that important to you to look after these very, like predominantly very young people? Oh my God, a- absolutely. So what I, I there, there, there are two things that I do almost on every episode is that, so I don't watch, this is actually even some more behind the scenes. I have been given, you know, myself, Charlene and Mel, we've been given the ability to watch a couple episodes in advance if we'd like, right? I don't watch anything in advance. I like to watch it in real time with everyone while everyone's reacting to it. And also, I, I, I actually love to see the reaction coming off of your Twitter handle, right? I think it's fascinating. I think it's funny at the same time, <laughs> right? I think, but it's, 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 it's more like spot on. Now, I don't know what's going to necessarily happen in the episode, but I know who is probably going to get the most heat. And let me tell you, in this process, no one escapes it. The folks that you think are... Uh, the golden children right now in a week or two, they won't be, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it, you know, so, 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 you know, no one will come unscathed, right. From, from this, but because I know I shoot them a message and I'm like, look, I'm sending you love, positive vibes, positivity, stay off of Twitter tonight. You know, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 I'll do that. And then in my mind, I look at the Married at First Sight UK, M-A-F-S UK hashtag and Married at First Sight hashtag. And I try to take tweets that are the sentiment of what I see a lot of people say. And then I try to respond to it so that I can at least provide, you know, it, it might not be full defense, but I could at least say, hey, here's what was, here's a little bit more on this. So yeah, I feel like I feel so much obligation to the point where a lot of people say, "Paul, you should just chill. Like you can, like just chill. Like stop. You know what I mean? You can't protect. It's the top trending hashtag in the UK. Like how are you going to how are you going to tweet against all that? Um, but you know, I'm from New York. We think we can do everything. So. <laughs> um, so- I'd like to follow up on that because obviously, as we say, you're very active on Twitter. You're looking at the, the hashtag and the timelines. Another slightly awkward question, but especially my partner, Claire, will kill me if I don't ask you this one. Uh, you must sure. have seen the uh, rumours about Jordan and his lengthy relationship prior to the show. And you've spoken about how in-depth the selection process is. Obviously, a relationship can be hidden, but what, what, what's your feeling on that, on that situation? Yeah, this, this is a fair question, right? Uh, and this is a question that a lot of people would say, Paul, don't even answer it, right? Don't even <laughs> answer this one, right? But no, no, I'm, I'm gonna take it, right? I'm gonna take it and I'll take any heat that I get on. Is the first thing is, is listen to how you even pose the question. How do you feel about the rumor 
It's a rumor. It's a rumor to the point where I've even gone back and I was like, hey, what's going on here? I saw this thing. I mean, I'm talking about like to, to the whole, you know, to the team. Jordan categorically denies it. His family categorically denies it. And so it is basically his family and his word against someone else's word. That's, that's, that's what it is. And they're going to handle it. And I don't know what, you know, how they handle it. They're going to handle it. What I did, because I responded to that on Twitter when I was actually advised not to respond to it, but I, I responded to it. And here was my, my position is that, you know what, Lord, uh, Jordan and I, we had our, our bumps on in, in, this, in this process. We really did. But I mean what I said at the commitment ceremony. He is deep, deep down, you know, all of us have flaws, all of us have bad habits, but ultimately we're all human beings, you know what I mean? And so at a certain point, he is, I, 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 he, I think he's a good dude with some, you know, there's some, 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 some crazy actions, but he's a good guy, right? Now, if you notice what I, well, I'm not sure if you, if you saw, but what, what I said is I said, okay, if this is true, if this is true, I feel incredibly sorry for every, like for the ex-girlfriend, for all this, like I feel incredibly sorry for that. And if this is true, there's certain things that we need to change on our end, right? In terms of vetting, if this is true. But then also, if this is false, this dude is owed an apology, like real mm -hmm. talk. He, he is owed an apology if, if, if it's true. But, but I don't know if it's true. That's the point. And, uh, you know, I'll even say this, is that when I first saw it, my reaction was I was angry when I saw it. I was angry, I was upset, but then I had to check myself because one thing that I realized about this show is, and this is how you know a show is like Jump the Shark and it is, it's at another level, is I don't know if you've seen the volume of stories around this show, you know, in terms of press, to, to the point where I was telling my wife that normally every single hour, Every, every hour, basically, waking hour, there are not just one, there are multiple press stories, multiple blog posts, multiple blah, 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 blah. There's a whole industry now propped up around just commentary on the show. And in order to, and we know that's a business, and to get the right amount of clicks, to get the right amount of eyeballs, You've got to go as far left as possible. So I'm not, so I don't know at the end of the day, but here's what I do know. It's a rumor. And I am eagerly anticipating what the, you know, what, what the resolve is, like what, what the real answer is. Those eyeballs that are on the people like you've said there, do you feel that's one, first part of the question is, do you feel that's different this series compared to the previous ones that you've worked on and previous shows that you've worked on as well? And do you worry a little bit that, the contestants now, the people on it, are getting so much press attention, but that'll drop as soon as the show finishes. There's going to be a drop. What do you, how do you think they'll cope with that? And is that a level of support that you give as well? Yeah, Sai. So I've, I've done TV for 12 years. And my first show, I'm not trying to name drop, but the first <laughs> show I ever did was with, 
I co-hosted a show with Oprah Winfrey. And you think, okay, Oprah Winfrey, especially at that time, was the biggest television star in the world. Mm -hmm. This show, Married at First Sight UK, gets a hundred times more attention than the show <laughs> that, that we did. I, I have never in my life been attached to a project with this much attention to the point where, this, and this is how I know it's a different thing. So I've been in the UK for four years and I have co-presented Celebs Go Dating for four years. We get great viewership, you know, we get celebrities on, so there's a lot of attention on the show. And anytime I go out in London, let's say I just go out wherever, you know, go to a play or whatever it may be. It's, I'm out for two, three hours with my family. Inevitably, in the two, three hours, I'm going to have between two and maybe five people come up to me and say, hey, Paul, are you, wait, are, is that, are you that guy, right? So it's like kind of, sort of you. The first week, Mary at First Sight was on air. I was walking my boys to school, just walking in a very residential, suburban area. I have a mask on. I have sunglasses on because it's, it's, we're walking. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, my God. It, it is, it's, it's, it's next, it's next level. It's next level. Like I've never been a part of anything like this. So if that's the attention I'm getting and I truth, truth be told, I'm a supporting cast member. This is not my show. The show is the cast. The cast is they, I, right before the show started, I messaged all of them with a voice note. And I said, your life is about to change. You don't realize it, but your life is about to change. And there are certain things that you need to do right now to prepare for what's about to happen. And just like that, this morning, actually, I, I, I see Instagram accounts pop up. I see, you know, Instagram followers pop up. I see that, you know, many of them are getting opportunities, offers to do certain things. You know, their life is going to change, but your point is masterful, Sai, and that is, it, it won't stay that way. The hourglass is going to run out at a certain point. And for some, the hourglass will run out as soon as the show ends. Mm -hmm. And so the question, and, and you know, what I've just been trying to advocate to them is, that's why you try to enjoy the ride. That's why you don't feed in, you don't feed into to, to the criticism, right? And then most importantly, <laughs> surround yourself with good people. You know, surround yourself with good people. Uh, but but yeah, yeah, that, that's a concern. But but they're my little brothers and sisters for life. So I'll be there to support them just as I am today, you know, tomorrow when the show went. I just wanted to ask a little thing about that. You mentioned the, the age of, of the cast. Just in terms of the marriages, because a lot of them are in their mid-20s, don't you just want to say to them, just go away and you've still got like a few years. You're a bit too young to be getting married. Why don't you pack it in, you knobheads? <laughs> well, 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 you're talking to somebody who was married at 25. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'll be that, I'll be You're shading me, oh, all right. You're shading me right now. A lot, so... The, the, the average age of marriage uh, globally is definitely increasing. It's gone from, 
you know, well, it's gone from the teens, <laughs> you know, way back, um, all the way to, depending on who you talk to, between 27 and 33, right? Now, there's lots of reasons for that. We don't have to unpack that right now. But here's what I do know. What I do know is that when you believe you are ready, you are ready, right? So when you believe you're ready, you're ready. Let's just use Adam, for example, because I think he is a great poster child for this because he's someone who is in his early 20s. He has never had a proper girlfriend before. He's never been in love before. And you say, come on, man, why, why, why do you even do this? Like you're a bodybuilder, man. You don't even need to like, you just walk outside with your shirt off, you know, and you're good. But I talked to Adam. I talked to Adam's mother. I talked to Adam's father. I talked to all of Adam's friends. And let me tell you, Adam, his top value, you think it like, you look, what would you say his top value is? Really? Now that you've seen a couple episodes, what, what do you, what would you presume what he values most out of life is? He's very pure, Adam. That's the thing. I, well, I was rather harsh about it yesterday and called him a bit of a simple limb. But he's just a very pure person. And I imagine he values similar things. So he values sort of like just quite simple things like honesty and niceness. And that's what mm. I would think. I mean, to look at him, I imagine most people would think what he values most is uh, aesthetics. All right. So, 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 so to that point, I think that's what most people say. They'll say aesthetics or they'll say, side of your point, they'll say, yeah, he just wants you know, something basic. Right? Yes. Yeah. No. After talking to all those people, his top value, and I will go to my grave on this. I will bet the bank on this. His top value, one word, family. Wow. His, his friends consider him the dad of his, French, of his social circle. He's the one who's responsible for his social circle. He makes sure, you know, hey guys, he's the guy that he's 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 the what we call the buzzkill. We're all <laughs> out drinking, not a, you know, acting crazy. He's like, um, we should go home now, right? He he is the guy that people come to in a social social circle, and he gives advice to them. He's the guy that goes home every weekend to support his mom and dad to go into the house and he helps clean up. He helps take care of the yard every weekend, every weekend calls his mom, you know, two, three times a week to check in, make sure she's good. That's his character. He values family. So, it, so when, when someone like that steps up and says, I'm ready. Okay. I buy that. I believe that. Now he is the one like, Hey, let's keep partying at 2 AM. Let's keep going. Then at 25, even at 55, you're not ready. You know, you're not ready. But but so but but that's what I love about the show is that you can watch it. You you know, two million. Do you guys know what the numbers are too of the show? No, of, uh, of the TV of the TV show, the viewers viewership. No, no. yeah, the viewers. No, no. We ah, don't. okay. So 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 let me give you an exclusive. This is and, and this this is going to come out, but right now. The show, well, you well, not to go into crazy in terms of like how they track it and all that stuff, but basically, bottom line right now is if you go back and look at the first episode, because a lot of people are rediscovering the first episode, we're at over two million, over two million viewers. Wow. And most of those are in that 20 to 34 age range. 
right now we're beginning to chart equal to higher than Love Island. And, and so, but the reason why I bring that up in, in the framework of, of Adam, but back to your, your question of like age, are they ready? Is that when you watch this, 2 million people will say, will have 2 million different opinions mm-hmm. about what's happening. And that actually is what is driving the popularity of the show. If you watch the show and we all thought the same thing, it wouldn't be popular. But because you could think so many things, and the thing, you both, I'm not trying to gas you up, you both are, are smart dudes, you're sharp. But yet, you saw Adam differently in terms of what he valued differently. So that, so, so long story short is, yeah, Adam is ready. You know, these, these, <laughs> these, these, these folks are ready, yeah. Well, that's what's good with Adam is because if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have absolutely said he just wants quite a bimbo-like girlfriend. But watching him over two weeks, my opinions change massively. And then me, I'll watch it with my partner, me and Rebecca, I'll have a different view. So everyone comes across over that two weeks. There's so much evolution to who they are that you change your mind. And then again, finding out that context from you, Paul, like it's different again. Sorry, I've just, uh, I've just realised we've missed out a massive thing that we definitely have to ask about. How important was it to you to have the, in the UK version, the first same-sex marriage? Of it. So the two, the two points from series five, because once again, a lot of people didn't realize I was there, but on series five was I said, okay, we, and I'm not saying that I'm the one that this, I'm the reason why it happened. I'm not, you know, this is a network production call. But when we did our debrief from series five, which at the end, they're like, okay, Paul, what did you, what, you know, what did you love? What do we, you think we need to do better? The top two things, as I said, we need to have a same sex, we must have a same sex couple, right? And we also need to have people of color. Like these, these, these were the two points that I made. I said, we must, like this show must reflect modern Britain. Like it needs to, to reflect that. And so I'm, I'm super ecstatic that Dan and Matt are on this show. I'm like super hyped. Super, super high. Did you feel extra pressure then in terms of their matching? I mean, I don't know why you, why you would, because people are people, but did you feel extra pressure to make sure that that was a perfect match? Obviously, without giving us any spoilers of how it goes. Yeah. So no extra pressure, just be, but only, but keep in mind, like I've been matchmaking for 12 years. So this is, I really feel like, like, like this is my bag. You know what I mean? I, I get it. But can I say something about matchmaking that I've never said ever? So th- this is definitely an exclusive. I've, I've never said this about the process. Is Can we talk about the process for a second? Yeah, absolutely. All right. The process, no one, no one knows this. All right. No one knows this about the process. In series five, the pro- remember, series five, the, the objective was you must get a successful successful matches because remember series one through four there was not one match that stayed together and when they looked at the other franchises there's 29 other married at first sites around the world less you know they were, i think it was like 10 to 15 percent was what they were getting so that was the objective so what we did is jen angela and i we sat down and we said okay we need to run this just like a matchmaking agency in order for this to work so how we, we worked it is we worked it like a, what's called a modern matchmaking model, which means that you identify one person. So let's say that, Sa, you are our candidate. 
we identify you, we test you, you're tested, et cetera, right? And then we go out throughout the entire UK to try to find the best match. That's modern matchmaking. This series was not modern matchmaking. This series was different. This is how, the, this is the difference in a series. In this series, you had lots of people apply, and I don't know what the total number is, but let's say it's 5,000, right? Which is probably roughly what it was. You have people apply. So let's say it's 5,000 people in the UK apply. And then out of those 5,000, they're tested. Lots of tests. There's psychological tests. There's criminal background tests. We do STD checks. You'd be surprised to see how many people drop out because of diseases. I wouldn't. Right? Like, come on. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, fellas, still, where, where are some condoms out here? But a lot of people drop out, right, because of that. Also, it's a television show. Got to make sure, okay, out of the 5,000, you're going to be able to say more than one word when the, when the screen, when the TV camera comes on, you're not going to freeze like, right? So out of the 5,000, that gets whittled down. Maybe, maybe it's 10% of it, right? It's a small number, right? So maybe we get 500 out of 5,000, just for example. Then out of the 500, you've got to think, they're not all men. They're not all women. They're not all heterosexual. So then you got to whittle that down. So, so you, you, go, you go, so let's say we're looking at men. The vast majority of people applying are women. So out of the 500, there might be 50 to 75 guys, maybe. Then you, so then, then, then they turn around and they say, okay, all right, guys, here, here are your 50 guys, right? You, you have 50 men right now. Now, out of this 50, you've now got to match them against the best of the pool. You know what I mean? And so, but, but that is how matchmaking actually used to be. That is exactly, it's called on the book matchmaking. That's a, that's a methodology is that if I have a client comes in to my agency, I have another client comes into my agency, they're on my books. I only match people on my books, on the book matchmaking. That's the process that we use. So you think about this, you think, okay, what we're doing is we have an extremely limited pool to match against. So we're matching optimal people within our pool. Now, a lot of people I see commenting saying, well, Paul, like this person should have actually been with this person, right? Or this person should have been with this person. You know what my response is? Keep watching, keep watching, <laughs> right? Keep, keep, keep watching. And then at the very end of the show, then, okay, we could debate out the matches. We could, we could have an intellectual debate on the matches at the end, but not right now, because you don't know enough right now. <laughs> it's exciting to be at that point to look ahead to what's to come and to know that obviously you've got that insight and to think we've got a lot in store and I can't wait to see where those couples are. One final question then, PCB, we just need to ask you, what can we be excited for for what's to come for the remaining of maths over the next few weeks? Anything that you want to see. Like, so Married at First Sight is like a box of chocolates. 
It's like a box of chocolates. Like you never know what you're going to get out of a box of chocolates. And every episode, you're going to get something different. I guarantee you throughout the season, you're going to cry a bunch of times, right? You're going to laugh a bunch of times. You're going to throw your drink against the, the screen a bunch of times. You're going to say, Paul, you crazy. What are you doing a bunch of times? Like you're going to get every emotion out of this. But what my hope is, my true intention with this is you're going to be entertained, but you're going to learn, right? You're going to become better as a result of this. And that's something is I guarantee if you are a, if you, if you listen to this podcast, I guarantee you're going to get more because that means that you, you want more and this show is going to give it to you. And so. So, so excited. <laughs> Just want to say a massive thank you, PCB, for joining with today. Yeah, thank you very much. Being so, so awesome. PCB, PCB, PCB. Poor Kelly. I know, she's missed out there, aren't she? She's going to have some special alone time, listen back to it by herself. Then we'll pop in and ruin it. That's bloody brilliant, isn't it? Get to hear our dulcet tones. Uh, Kelly, if you're listening, I hope your daughter has a lovely birthday. You really, really missed out. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't resent her for the rest of her life because of this. Nah, I'll be fine. That's a healthy relationship. Because if she does have any resentment, we have a personal line for PCB who could give you some wonderful family advice. <laughs> yeah. A base of mint dad. Yeah. I wish he was my dad. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, man. And that's coming up next week in a special episode with PCB and Omar's dad. It'll be fine. Uh, the good thing is, though, is Kelly will have a chance because, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get him back on. Yeah, I think so. We've asked. Hopefully we'll have a little couple of surprises to come. Yeah. So what an episode. Yeah, brilliant. Any highlights for you, Omar? I think you know just generally how open he was about talking talking about the um, uh, issues with uh, the toxic masculinity. You know, Jordan um, going out after Alexis and going out and talking to Megan. Just little things like that, which are edited out of the show. Uh, him saying that there are things that he sees uh, first time he sees them. It's when it's on TV as well. You know, it's great. Like for me, the highlight happened before we started recording, which is when he said how professional our recording uh, sounds and <laughs> how it like sounds that. like we're in a studio. <laughs> and we're not in a studio, ladies and gentlemen. We're in my little hovel of an office where I've got to close the window because it's loud outside, so it looks like we're recording in a little sex dungeon. <laughs> that wasn't an invitation, by the way, Omar, for me and you to turn it into one. Just because Kelly's not here, that wasn't anything going on. I've done it again where I've sabotaged what was... a beautiful professional bit of Paxman Mike journalism <laughs> and then we started talking about sex dungeons you started talking about sex dungeons I think that was both of us you managed to rein it in for the interview PCB so that's was... good one I was really well behaved <laughs> yeah you can see your leg twitching all the way through desperate to make some cock jokes <laughs> I, but I didn't you didn't even bring up the water sports no oh <laughs> no get him back on zoom <laughs> let's ask him about piss <laughs> I reckon PCB stands for pretty class boy. Oh, I thought you were going to say bloke. Oh, that was better than boy. I felt like <laughs> I was infantiling it too much. <laughs> but you, whether you're wanting him to be his dad, I think it's just all confused. Do you reckon he'd adopt with? No, I think he's just too much self-worth. He knows what he's about. He knows. <laughs> his house looks nice. <laughs> yeah, his house does look nice. Just having this sex touch and let's go around his. 
I honestly had a lovely time. I think he is the greatest man in the world. I'll tell you what, though. He did make one basic error in terms of talking about breaking up a fight when he was saying about he thought Bob was going to come in swinging at Jordan mm-hmm. and his and his role was going to be he was going to grab Jordan. People always do that. When there's a fight, for some reason, they always grab the person who's being hit to try and get him away. Grab the guy who's fucking swinging. No, he's right, right? And I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you on this as someone who's broken up fights a lot because my <laughs> friends are dicks. Um, you move that person away because they're less aggressive, they're easier to remove from the situation. And actually, the other person then starts to calm down because all you're removing is the antagonism from them. That once you remove that, even though they're coming in with aggression, they'll calm down because the thing they're angry at is moving away. So it's easier to move the thing away that's not being aggressive than it would be to remove someone who's aggressive because if you put your arms around Bob there and he's being aggressive he would get more aggressive and the thing that he's feeling antagonistic towards is still there Mm. so for breaking up a fight PCB is on it it's a fair point my approach is different to either of those I just let these rockets go KO (laughs) well I reckon PCB pretty cush bloke is proper cush bloke he knows what he's doing he's broke up fights I bet he's ripped why Kelly thinks about him so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good job yeah. she won there. Aye, I think that's for the best. She'll be on the next one, though. We'll calm her down first. We'll have a talk. I <laughs> <laughs> well, hope you enjoyed listening, though. It was so much fun to record. Lots of fun. Really enjoyed it. And we'll be back next Friday with... That's uh, just us two and Kelly. She's a disappointment now. I've done with <laughs> ACB. I'm sorry... She's all we've got, right? <laughs> but we'll be back next week with the usual trio. And I think, apparently, it's going to be a very exciting week again. Yes, yes. I can't wait. So we'll see you all again next week. Until next time, just keep on respecting that bloody forum. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.